Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session, brought to you by Blue Wire Networks. Thank you so much for listening to us. Make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Patreon.com/slash/strugglesession, sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com. I'm I'm saying that, but I'm not really feeling it. You know, I'm I'm not feeling it, Jack, because mm-hmm. all this stuff, the struggle session, you know, this sure. world, this life. Mm-hmm. It's it's not real. It's not the real I, world. I I Gosh. absolutely I'm feeling the same way you are, Leslie. I need uh, and, to go yeah. back. I need to go back to Bandora. Uh, you know, I Bandora syndrome is is real. It's first real. of all, cult Z to you, Leslie. That's uh that's Navi for hello. Uh, cult Z to you. Cult Z um, to you, my brother. Yeah, you know, I I I went to my local. Dolby Theater, you know, the the James Cameron recommended preferred way to watch the re-release of Avatar. Um, I experienced Pandora uh, once again. Um, I think that you said, I think online I saw you say that it's the closest thing we have to the holodeck. Um, I think that's true. Um, call me Reg Barclay because I just want to live in the holodeck uh, of Pandora yeah, to clarify, Wes is it's the closest we'll get to the holodeck. I'm literally saying like humanity. We'll not <laughs> we're not gonna get better than this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is looking better than ever. Dolby, it's looking amazing in the Dolby. Uh, James Cameron has somehow cracked the high frame rate. You know, uh I was a fan of high frame rate in the Hobbit movies, but even I can admit that there's moments where it looked a little BBC in those movies. The high frame rate is working here. I don't know if he's doing it at a slightly different, you know, rate, uh, if he's using a different number than Peter Jackson, or if it's just the mix between regular frame rate and high frame rate, but it is working like he, for me. He uses 0.13 while Jackson used 0.12, and that probably yes. makes all the difference. That's like I, that's my question. Is I'm like, I know Jackson used 48 frames per second. Is James Cameron, has he scientifically figured out that 46 frames per second is the is the moment where the you know, the human eye won't see it as BBC vision? It looks unbelievably good. It I looks did unreal. not know we had this like level of fidelity on fake CGI shit yet, but it, it's there. Well, this is also like CGI that was done in 2009. And I don't know if anyone has outdone it yet. Like this movie, like re- really doesn't show its age. And I was really feeling like, damn, this like looks as good as anything until the credits rolled and we saw the way of water. And I was like, damn, now that like looks <laughs> mad better to be honest with you yeah 48 frames per second is what we got the re-release at and not even like a movie really it felt like it it was more of a visit it's a visit to pandora is what it is man i i I just could not believe how good it looked because i i missed out the first time i i would just was not interested in the movie your first time seeing avatar was when we did the bug commentary here on struggle session right so your first time is about as not james cameron approved as it could possibly be (laughs) you watch it on a computer screen with two knuckleheads uh over (laughs) zoom in your ears the entire time 
Well, I still, I, I feel like I learned a lot under the under the learning tree with Bug, of course, sure. R.I.P. Um, but, <laughs> but it, it's a completely different movie. You when know what you I heard about Bug? It, the way it's meant. Yes. I did hear about Bug. You know that it. I, I heard rumors that you know though he did pass away uh, at the most recent BugCon. R.I.P. to Bug. I did hear that. Um, you know, and that this is just a rumor that Awa has actually reincarnated him into. Uh, <laughs> an avatar Um, so you know we'll see we'll see what happens uh, ongoing with that but yes the the mortal body of bug is no longer with us Uh, i guess it's your move james cameron are you gonna put the real shit in the film yeah yeah tell the real Um, story but yeah you know uh uh, despite all the haters and we've had basically at this point like a decade of hate uh on avatar let's talk about it i really want to get into the hate the hate Let's talk about it. And we've all heard it before. I've heard it several times. And you might even believe it if you're someone like me who had never seen Avatar, especially if you had never seen it in 3D IMAX. Mm -hmm. The idea that Avatar had no cultural significance in spite of the fact that it's the top grossing film film of all time. You know, it didn't inspire anything. It didn't, you know, no one was inspired by it. It was just, you know, this thing that came out. Uh, amusement. And everyone forgot and it immediately. Away. Yes. Yeah. No one remembers the characters' names. No one remembers anything about the story. It was all too bland and generic. Uh, dancing with wolves, with blue cat people, etc., etc. What it tells me when I hear some of these opinions is that a lot of people just read like buzzfeed listicles or whatever the fuck it was in 2009 i guess twitter existed then um but there are a lot of people who like read some sort of like magazine articles for some reason yeah like film twitter not even like film reviewers but like film dorks or something (laughs) never really like letterbox in their bio yeah letterboxed guys have never liked um avatar uh but then beyond that there's a bunch of people who sort of similarly to what happened with the you know red letter media review uh of the star wars prequels where people just like read and internalize the opinions that they read like one single time 12 years ago just from some random person online and then they just like repeat that for the rest of their days like people don't really want to have they do want to have opinions about movies but they don't want to like come up with them they just want to like have a stock one that they can go to at a party or whatever yeah once you get that groove formed in your brain why why change it why why bother change it why think about exactly Yes, you you have you have the pathway you can go down whenever someone mentions the word, you can say, okay, it's Pocahontas in space. And let me start with it's Pocahontas in space, Um, because this one, I think, even like kind of betrays itself, even just in the saying of it. Um, It's Pocahontas in space. Okay, so it's not Pocahontas then. You know what I mean? Like the in space element says that it's a sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? Like it's like so I don't know. Like there are plenty of sort of uh, you know sci. You we've you know Pocahontas is a story about Native Americans, and the in space is kind of the important part of that statement. Um, James Cameron created what I would actually say is the fullest sci-fi world 
that I can think of, um, and certainly that I can think of uh, in film. Uh, I don't think, Leslie, you know, I, I, I put it to you to see if you can come up with another, but is there a more fully realized world, uh, alien world, that you've seen in film, you know, that convince, like, I, I would say that I would look at Pandora, and I think the reason why people get depressed about it is because it does feel so like a real world that it feels like it should be somewhere that you're able to go to. Uh, I can't think of a more fully realized world uh, that is internally consistent, uh, um, you know, as, as Pandora. No, I can't think of one that has that feels so big, so real and so thought through outside of, of course, sci-fi novels. Sci-fi novels might be full of them, but film is gen generally not. And the thing is, the 3D adds to this. Mm -hmm. It's not just a gimmick. It adds to the texture of it. It makes it feel so much more real so much more uh, yeah. dense is just it's really hard to describe uh how interesting it is and of course seeing this experience it's like a revelation because it reveals all the video games that have stolen every fucking thing from avatar for the past you know 10 years since it's been out so to say avatar has no cultural significance moving on to the the next charge sure. there that's that means you have not played a big name video game in the past, you know, 10 years, because I can't right now. I can't think of one really that didn't have some influence, didn't steal some shots, some piece of text, some way of doing things, some way of showing a fight, some something, some mechanic from Avatar, even, you know, something like The Last of Us. OK, the way the cuts, even the way James Cameron shoots these this film is like the way that people have tried to do cut video game cutscenes, you know, since the film came out. It's just so, and this is not a big thing to say because James Cameron has been influencing video games since, you know, Terminator 1. Obviously, there's tons mm -hmm. of games that just have been rip looking to him for inspiration uh, for obvious reasons. And Avatar was one of them. Why people like don't want to tell the story or pretend like that's not a part of it. I don't know, but like you're saying how you can't say that James Cameron is not influential. I mean, come on. I, I kind of don't know what it is. It's a weird thing because it is also a lot of the same people who like get mad about people like, you know, talking shit about Marvel movies. Like it's, it's a weird thing where this is like one of the only movies that it is like approved and acceptable to like rip on. You know what I mean? Like people that like would like be upset at the idea of, you know, talking bad about a new star Wars or something like that. I know, right. <laughs> like love to just get on avatar and how avatar is not memorable and everything. It's like the people that love Thor, the dark world or whatever the fuck like, <laughs> are like avatar is completely unmemorable okay I, I did want to say this this movie is at least a hundred times better than in the best marvel movie like at least like there's I I, not I, even like like come on it's like it's like at this not, point I, at this point i'm almost like tired of of explaining and talking about how much better movies are than marvel movies because like almost every movie is better than marvel but the fact remains that these are the like only blockbuster movies that still get released. And so it is worth mentioning that, yes, like the effects are better. The choreography is better. The characters are better. The sense of humor is better. 
you know, Avatar does have a sense of humor. You know, there are like jokes in this movie, but they're not Marvel style jokes that are like snark meant to sort of undercut the reality of the movie, like winky shit that shows us like that um, the filmmaker is smarter than the material. You know what I mean? Overridden improv. Yeah, not overwritten improv, not goofy fucking Parks and Rec bullshit like but there is humor in this movie like there are laughs and you know uh, uh, it works you know yeah I mean it's just you know say what you want about the film I can understand a lot not liking the film not liking the genre what have you but as if you're going to watch a big budget PG-13 action movie I'm not sure you're really going to get better than an avatar especially in IMAX 3D you know, and I also think even like kind of plot wise and story wise, like, yes, it is a very basic story. Well, first of all, let's let's speak for just a second here on unobtainium. Uh, this was kind of like the first thing that people even in 2009, like just couldn't shut the fuck up about unobtainium and the name unobtainium. Um, and the reason why it's called unobtainium is literally because James Cameron is a scientist. Uh, unobtainium is a term that scientists do use in real life um, as a sort of placeholder element when they talk about theoretical science. Um, in science where, you know, there are things that can't happen with the elements that are on Earth, they'll use as a placeholder unobtainium uh, as the, you know, sort of uh, the unobtainable element. So it is not like... It is actually like completely within the realm of possibility that at some point an, a newly discovered element will be called unobtainium. And frankly, even more so now that Avatar is in the world. Uh, I think that it's like very likely that sometime in the future we will have a real unobtainium. Uh, but even now, it, it is a term that is used uh, and it makes like a lot of sense, actually, that, um, you know, a, a an element that is you know, as rich uh, as the one they found on Pandora, that scientists may just go with the placeholder name Unobtainium. Yeah, absolutely. That makes it makes perfect sense. But I did have a theory and that he had to include a couple of silly things to kind of jerk you a little bit out of the movie or otherwise you would just get too lost in the sauce. It would just be too much. Yeah, it would just be too much for some people. I mean, Pandora uh, syndrome would be like a pandemic, frankly, if you didn't have like unobtainium in there uh, to kind of get people to laugh at. Yeah, this is where Avatar really does excel, I think, as a, you know, franchise movie and actually like why it is kind of different from other sci-fi franchise. Like it is different than Star Wars because it is the synthesis of both. This is a like future sci-fi movie that is also big, uh, uh, completely huge, you know, sci-fi about an alien planet and like about aliens, really well realized and real seeming aliens on a very well realized and real seeming world. Um, as we talked about, you know, in our Avatar episode that we did with Bug, I would even say, you know, Part of the reason for Avatar's success, why it is the number one uh, box office worldwide and still retains that title, um, is because the story, you know, is like simple and clean enough that it can be translated into any language. Uh, like we talked about on our on our commentary episode, I feel like you could send Avatar um, on like a rocket to space and aliens could find it and they could probably understand the plot and they would understand that it's a warning to them about the people <laughs> of Earth. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's so is so clear. And uh, James Cameron, thank you for warning them off. Maybe yeah. they'll come. Uh, they'll come prepared because man, seeing seeing the you know the the tree burned in in IMAX 3D. Sad. Oh, yeah, sad. it's fucked up. It really is like that. That's like I would say I like the entire movie. I think that the whole movie moves and it's like almost kind of close to a perfectly plotted movie. You know, I have a lot to a lot of stuff to go on to say about that you know uh, jake sully as a character sort of comparatively to a lot of the sort of mains that we get in a lot of blockbuster movies um actually has flaws and has things to learn has decisions to make you know he is uh, uh being enticed by the marines to you know uh, uh be their informant about the navi and what they're offering him is his legs back he's being offered his like full life back and so you know so often what we see in in blockbuster movies now are perfect characters um who basically you know are perfect the entire time and other people are like dumb and wrong around yeah. them you know but what the i mean the first thing and, we like, learn about him is he's not smart and and he's kind of corrupt and willing to do something shitty um and we get to to see him like make decisions you know what i mean we actually get to watch jake sully like become a better person you know and a better character which is not really what we see in blockbuster movies now (laughs) like you know again it's like i almost just to think of another like huge blockbuster movie from this year what does Spider-Man learn in Spider-Man No Way Home? Like, basically what Spider-Man is in that movie is perfect. His plan is perfect. He he is unhappy to, like, send back villains to where they're from because he doesn't want them to die. Um, and so then they, like, basically try to execute that plan. He has nothing to learn. He has no growth to go through in that movie. Um you know, Jake Sully is an actual character who has to make decisions um, and sort of overcome what would be an easy and selfish decision to do like what's right by the Navi people. Another thing I would say is that it's kind of uncommon to see a movie, a blockbuster movie, where the bad guys are not the environmentalists. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, look, like, like this is pretty common that like we have bad guys that were like, well, they have to be understandable or whatever. It is equally understandable for there to be like corporate shitheads trying to mine oil from you know uh, uh, indigenous people. Like, what? What people mean when we talk about how the villains should have like understandable motives doesn't mean that they should have like good and pure motives. Sympathetic you know? motives. They don't have yeah, to have sympathetic motives. Motives, just ones that make sense. It's like, yeah, yeah, they want money. Like, yeah. And by the way, Giovanni Ribisi's character in this is so funny uh, and so good. Um, Quaritch is just such a great villain. You'd like uh, he, he he's anime in IMAX. He's literally an anime villain. I mean, villain. he's in a mech suit at the end, you know. I mean, it's there's, insane. It's insane. There's so much anime this in this. Yeah, Quaritch is so great. Um I love that basically what Quaritch's superpower is and we see him do it multiple times in the movie and it is always badass. Oh, God. Is just holding his breath for a long time. It's such a small thing, but it, and that's don't make the villain sympathetic. Make him a badass. Make yeah, him that's fucking I, scary. I took note of that. It's like he's fucking scary. He's an actual threat, you know, yeah. to the to anybody he comes across. I I dug that shit a lot. Yeah, I really like they do it three times in the movie where he just goes out in the gas and holds his breath for an extended period of time, and it's always fucking badass. 
it's the most badass thing you'll ever see, but you still are like, fuck that guy because he's an actual villain. He's not yeah. like, oh my god, it's it's it works. The movie is just works as a big time action movie, which is you know, say, is is uh should be obvious. It's James Cameron. Why did people sure. start doubting James Cameron after he made the biggest movie of all time? How can we? Again. What is the psycho- psychology behind that? It's maybe like a holdover, like we were in 2009 when it came out, and it was maybe like a holdover of something that was a good thing um, that like movie reviewers used to not like super popular movies you know what i mean so maybe it's like a holdover from that time but now we're like 10 years later and everybody is pretending to like every single fucking thor and andor and all this bullshit and still having to like remember their old take that they didn't like avatar you know it wasn't cool to like all this shit this is an element of people like thinking it's a weakness to change their mind or to like reevaluate something you know what i mean they're like well in 2009 i posted and tweeted that this was uh fern gully in space and so i just got to kind of keep running that one uh even though i'm like 10 years older and the whole world has changed yeah and one thing i didn't appreciate at the time how good zoe seldana is she's great she's so good and as you don't see her uh you don't see you only see her you know navi character her cgi character cgi characters that actually work very rare in movies Mm -hmm. even today there's multiple in this film that you actually care about And I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that James Cameron is actually a good filmmaker. You know, you hear about the production of Avatar and the new Avatar, The Way of Water. um, And there's a lot of thought that goes into actually like letting people perform as actors. You know, I read an interesting article about uh, The Way of Water where the actors were being like, it's actually like a really nurturing set. And we're allowed to like try things on set and everything and, do you know, like kind of learn how to do the scene and everything. Uh, And that's because James Cameron, even though these are big digital characters, characters he's figuring out a way uh to let people act in like a real space uh against each other you know um yeah i think zoe saldana is great in this um i think sam worthington is even pretty solid in this too yeah, even he though is. he's not the best actor of all like i just uh do buy him and yeah i i think that there's maybe like no fat on this movie it kind of is like a kind of perfect blockbuster the beats all work really well to speak a little bit to the pocahontas in space fern gully in space i mean do we not agree that there's like a sort of uh, uh that there's a a a, a sin at the heart of America. You know what I mean? Like I, I would say like it's slavery and what we did to the native Americans. You know what I mean? So like, even though this is a story that has maybe been told before, it's a story that maybe like needs to be told and to keep being told and to be, you know, kept alive. Uh, I really don't have like any issue, you know, with making a, a massive, you know, four quadrant sci-fi movie that kind of tries to keep alive this story of like what the horrors of America and capitalism did, you know, literally at its inception. Bringing back Sigourney Weaver after Aliens. Br- brilliant move. I absolutely love it. Love her character. Even was a very different character. Like you, she does have a build that... Her, her returning to a James Cameron film that in a science fiction film, that means a lot that carries a lot of weight. And the, who was at the time when the new hot, you know, action star, female stars, Michelle Rodriguez 
Love seeing her in this. I'm so glad she's in this. I, I needed Michelle Rodriguez in 3D IMAX at some point. I'm de- glad James Cameron captured that moment. I'm sad she won't be in the sequel, but she did end up coming back in the Resident Evil sequel somehow. So maybe she'll come back. <laughs> and Fast that. and Furious, right? And didn't didn't Furious. she die in Fast and Furious? She dies, she comes back. back. I mean, Quaritch is back. You know, Quaritch is coming back as an avatar, which we don't know how that happens, but uh, he is going to be back. Um, you know, I, I, I had a blast. I think everyone else at the theater had a blast. This was a movie like this hasn't happened in any other movie I've been to lately. I've been going to a lot of movies at the theaters. But after Avatar ended, like almost everybody in the theater just like congregated into small groups around the theater. And we're all just like talking about <laughs> the experience that they went through. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, when I went, I saw like a dad bring like all four of his kids and they wow. were all obviously too young to see Avatar. And he had been waiting for ah. years to get them to see it in 3Ds. Like he had been like, this, I could tell this was kind of like a legendary moment that he had been waiting for for a while. So that was very nice to see. And also, it did extremely well so if we can talk for just a moment about the like it had no cultural impact and some of the arguments that i've been seeing online with people making arguments about the cultural impact i think that what the issue is here is people don't um understand what cultural impact means uh because i've seen some of the people saying like it has here's proof it has no cultural impact like people didn't write fan fiction about it and i'm like you know (laughs) Most people don't write fan fiction, period. You know what I mean? Like many people don't write fan fiction, have never read fan fiction. I think probably if you talk to most people on Earth, they wouldn't even know the term fan fiction. Um, so I, I, I don't really think that has anything to do with anything. Another one I saw was that there's not any like, you know, erotic artwork of it. And frankly, what I would say about that. Is that's because Avatar includes sex in the movie? Yeah, you know, I, all the Captain America, erotic. all the Disney's like it is erotic. Yeah, like uh, uh, Natiri's breast is in it in a PG movie, and they have sex. Like James Cameron understands that you actually do need to have these things. Like sex is is part of the human experience in a way that, like you know, the Marvels, uh, uh, frankly, do not understand. Yeah, speaking of, they did cut the hair element of the sex scene that was in the original release of Avatar, but I think that's been out of the film for a while. But with it cut, it makes it seem like, no, you got PNV sex going on instead of the hair sex. <laughs> so it's actually dirtier because it yeah. cuts it cuts fades to black. I, I guess that's been cut even from the Disney Plus version. Um, you know, uh, so I guess basically what happened here is the erotic fan art was included in the original Avatar. <laughs> you know, you can find the erotic fan art that was created by James Cameron himself uh, out floating around out there. Uh, if you're so if you so desire, I do have a complaint, Leslie about uh the re-release here it's that they didn't re-release the extended edition uh, yes uh there are some really great scenes if people have not seen the extended edition of avatar um the film opens with two really great scenes have you seen it leslie the extended version yes. yeah that's Did, what, is we that what we watched on the on the, on the uh on the the 
the uh, commentary. Um, there are two great scenes right at the beginning of it that that show Earth, uh, which we don't get to see in the theatrical version of Avatar. Um, and they, it's so effective and so clean at setting up what Earth is like and why it's a hellhole and feels extremely realistic for the type of hellhole that Earth will be in a little over a hundred years from now. Like we open on Jake Sully in his wheelchair and he's in a city and we pull back to, to reveal that the city is just hugely overpopulated and people are having to wear like um, oxygen masks uh, because the air is so shit. Then we cut to Jake Sully's apartment and it's like little more than a closet, a total like shithole, um, but has a huge widescreen TV on the wall um, there. It's just so efficient at like setting up. It feels so realistic uh, for what our earth is like. And I think does a real good job at like uh, setting up the majesty of Pandora uh, against what our earth is like. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed too, that they didn't um, do the director's cut, but the thing about James Cameron, he actually says that the theatrical release is the director's cut, the extended edition just for fans. I feel like he's a, he's a little bit squeamish about director's cut because I think, I think anybody who's seen aliens, uh, knows that the director's cut is worse than the, than the than the theatrical release, so maybe he's a little bit you know touchy about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do love the extended. Now, what's weird though is that there are so many different versions of Avatar. Now, there was the original theatrical release, which had the longer hair sex scene. There's the extended version, which is for fans, and then Leslie, this new theatrical version also has a very small moment that's been added that wasn't even in the extended edition or the original theatrical release. Do you know what it was? Oh no. Right at the end, when all the humans are getting marched off of Pandora, um, the the part where Giovanni Ribisi turns to them and says, "You know, this isn't over. Like the stockhold, the shareholders uh. will never stand for this." That was shot during the original shooting of Avatar, but was left on the cutting room floor. And Cameron added it back in to set up the new sequels. Ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, uh, that is not in there. If you watch the version, you know, on the uh, if you watch the version even on Disney Plus or that you can download, it is not in there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even really want to get into the personal vindication here, Leslie, you know, because I, I who needs who needs to say that, you know, you and I. Uh, this is another situation where people got really mad at us uh, and got mad at me for saying that Avatar is good and that Avatar is going to be big when it comes out again. Um, you know, uh, it did beat Don't Worry Darling worldwide yes. this weekend. You know, the the first release, uh, the, the new release, Don't Worry Darling. Um, Although I think the, that did a lot better than people expected, though. So uh, I think so. Yeah. Still live wild. Yeah. Congrats to Don't Worry Darling. I saw that one, too. And uh, okie dokie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, congrats to Olivia Wilde. Um, 
I guess. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Avatar, I think it's the biggest re-released movie um, since Jurassic Park was re-released in 3D. So I think it's like the biggest, you know, even though this year they re-released like Star Wars Rogue One and they re-released fucking Spider-Man again, uh, this is still the biggest re-release since, you know, for a decade at this point. So, you know, I don't need to, to you know, do the big I told you so, even though I did tell you so. Uh, but, you know, this is the biggest re-release that there's been uh, in a decade. And Avatar 2 is going to make a billion dollars. I don't know what to say other than that. Probably more. The well, thing Jack. that Avatar has as far as the box office, Leslie, you know, not to not to you know get into it again, is that what all these movies you know that are, that have come out all the marvels and everything like that they don't have worldwide appeal you know when a new trailer for fucking iron man comes out you don't get video out of france with like everybody losing their shit over it you know what i mean like there are movies that are very popular in america there are movies that do a little better overseas um but yeah it's like a marvel will come out and then like an anime movie beats it in japan you know what i mean um when Avatar 2 comes out, it is going to do the best in like every market in the world. Uh, and that's the difference between James Cameron and the guys that are writing, you know, little snarky back and forths uh, for, for the Marvels. All right, folks. That was Struggle Session. Have a good one. Peace. Goodbye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.